a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Here we are, Wellness Collective, doing all the right things at the moment. Are you really far away over there? Still... I'm supposed to be. I know you are. I'm just saying I can just, it's like two little heads on the screen if you, if you, right. watch, if you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the government says. I'm doing what I'm told. Um, so here we are. We are still churning out the goods and we are still in a room together and it's very exciting. But then, you know what? Things change rapidly and uh, as this goes, as you are listening to this, we may be in a completely different situation. So hello in the future. We might, re- <laughs> we might be recording from our closets. Oh, look, you know, it wouldn't be the Between first the time. Between the clothes, just hey. to numb out the noise. How are you? I'm good. I just touched my nose. That was, you know, well, I've never wanted to touch my face so much. You must Don't go. you dare I'm going to just spray you with Glen Don't 20. Psh, 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 psh. There you go. <laughs> I know. This is the problem. I actually heard a story of a scientist the other day who's at home isolating, trying to come up with some kind of, you know, um, device to help people more aware of when they're touching their faces. And so he was working on the idea of a bracelet and something to do with magnets. Now, in the course of this, he managed to get magnets stuck up his nose. <laughs> so, he's, so he's trying not to touch his face and somehow the magnets, <laughs> one got in there and he must have had another one in there because they were stuck together and then he couldn't get them out. So he put another one in the other side to try and bring them down and then that didn't work. And then, of course, tweezers are metal and so they would stick to the... So this poor guy oh was trying goodness. to do something for the greater good of humanity and ended up with magnets stuck up his nose in an emergency. So hooray I'm for sorry, isolation. But I have to say that that I just have the vision of like, you know, the, the dog zapper, the, the frequency thing when the dog barks and then it gets a zap. That's yeah. going to be us as humans. It's going to be like, go to touch your nose. No, can't touch it. Nah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So we're well, all in this together. We are all in this together. We're excited to speak with our guest today, Andrew Simpson, who is a long-term friend of mine and I'm excited to, to have her on the show. She's a... a very clever entrepreneur. She's a mum and she ha- runs, oh, you run several things, but the Gratitude <laughs> Project is your actual Instagram handle. So we love that. But yep. we wanted to get you also in or on the podcast. We wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about conscious uncoupling as well today because you've been very public in talking about that. It's been something that has recently happened in your world for your family. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, first of all, I probably should stop and say welcome. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep on talking over the top of you. <laughs> Thank you. For- Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so talk I through that. Guys. I know, right? Well, we're just winging it. So, you know, like you said, it's really difficult, I guess, when you are public about things, but at some point people start to, yep. to question or notice or, or realise. For me, when you posted about the fact that you and your husband were had made a decision consciously together to do that, I guess this idea of conscious uncoupling is a bit of a, I don't know, a... a Gwyneth Paltrow thing. It is, yes. Can you talk to that a little little bit? Because what did that actually mean for you? Well, I find the term conscious uncoupling really... I don't know if this is the right word, but really wanky. Very (laughs) funny. I don't use it personally. I I say uncoupling because when we were talking about what was going on, I was like, it's weird to say we're breaking up because I don't feel like anything's broken. I feel like it's more the end of something than something falling apart. Um, And so we decided to say uncoupling and especially to our kids because I was like, I don't want them to think that 
this is bad or this is wrong because obviously a lot of kids think that. Um, or broken, so, I guess, yeah. is what you're trying to say. I guess it's true, isn't it? I've yeah. never thought about it. But, but also if it's if that's a situation where some some relationships end and they are in a bad situation, so for yeah. the kids that's that's awful obviously, but if yours isn't, then putting that yeah. in place is amazing. So good on you. Yeah, yeah. No, but it just felt like the right word, so to speak, um, and I didn't want to – the one thing I didn't want is I don't or I didn't want to become like the – poster child for a good breakup or a good uncoupling. I was like, I do not want to become the person that people are like, they broke up, we should break up. (laughs) And so I'm really, (laughs) I'm really conscious and not that people would do that, but it is one of those things where people can look at someone and especially like on social media and you're seeing the glam side of everyone's life. And I'm not showing you as much, I do sometimes, but I'm not showing you the days when I'm having like severe breakdowns and like ripping my hair out and wanting to throw my kids out the window. Like I'm more so posting the fun stuff and the exciting stuff. Um, and so I didn't ever want to be like, hey, let's glamorize a divorce and make it out to be this really incredible thing. But one thing that Hugh and I went through when we did uncouple was this realization that it doesn't have to be the way we had seen it. Both of us came from um, broken families or came from separated, split, divorced families. So we had seen in our own way what that looked like for our experience. We had seen it through our friends who had broken up or uncoupled. We had seen it through you know, our friends' parents, all of the things. And we thought to ourselves, this is something that's very different for us and we need to do it in a way that feels like it's authentic. Um, and so, yeah, my big, my biggest thing, my first disclaimer is please don't go and be like, maybe I should uncouple because it <laughs> seems really happy now. Have you had but that happen though? Have you had people, because it, it's funny because I'm not sure when this occurred, but 2019 mm-hmm. for me personally was a year where so many relationships around me fell apart. Mm. And I don't know yeah. whether there was some cosmic thing going on, whether it was midlife It crisis. was a cosmic thing. It really? was a cosmic thing at the end of 2018 because that's when we did work for about a year on our relationship and end of 2018 was when the decision was made, the lawyers came in, all of the things. And my psychic, um, she actually said to me, she said this is, and she was always posting about around this time. She was saying this is actually a time where a lot of relationships are either going to decide to move forward separately or they're going to decide to work together in a better way. And so I found that really interesting. And I noticed the same thing that 2019 was like, everyone is like divorcing and separating. And But yeah, I've had people who have reached out and kind of said, you know, I feel like, they say, Ange, I feel like from what you've said, I feel like I'm in the same situation. How did you guys uncouple well? How did you do it well? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you how to do it well, but I'm going to tell you the things that you need to make sure you do before you even contemplate that decision, like the work that you need to do. And like anyone who comes to me and says, help me to uncouple, I'm like, do not make a decision for a year. You have to do work for a year. You have to work with your partner. You have to get professionals in. You have to speak with people. You have to do some really uncomfortable things before you make that final decision because the worst thing in the world for me would be people going out and doing this really quickly um, because I obviously didn't speak publicly while we were going through it because it was very personal to us. Um, We didn't tell family. We didn't tell friends. No one in our life knew until we had made the decision. For the simple fact that we also didn't want 
the influence of other people influencing our decision. Because obviously when you tell family and friends, their own emotions play into it. You know, your parents don't want you to be a single mom. So they'll, you know, perhaps, not that I think mine would, but perhaps influence the decision a certain way. And so we were really like, we're only going to speak to professionals. We're only going to speak to people who can help us here, not the opinions of friends and family. You know? yeah, I think that's really great advice, actually, because it is difficult. People's emotions do play in and it becomes more, a lot, yeah. of, not more, but I think maybe a degree of how it might impact them as well. What would it mean if you mm. weren't Ange and Hugh anymore? Like, what would that mean for them? Yeah, for, yeah which is is kind of confronting, actually, because I'd probably do the same without, because I haven't been through that. Yeah. So it's not until you've been through it that you can have that perspective. So I'm really grateful you said that because now I would probably think, <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like I'd probably think yeah. twice, but I probably yeah. would try and say, oh, my goodness, you've got to stay together. You yeah, know? yeah, of course, because yeah. we do seem to have this thing about being in a couple is what you should aspire yeah. to, you know, and especially yeah. if you've got children, then that's easier and all this stuff, but it isn't necessarily easier, you know, and, yeah. and people's relationships aren't all roses. And we were talking just before about the fact that a few episodes ago we did an episode on domestic violence and in the current situation of people having to stay home, there's this real problem now where Mm -hmm. home is fine if it's a safe place to be and you're with people you love and who love you and all of that stuff. But of course, anything simmering underneath, when you're stuck with the same people 24-7, it's going to come to a boiling point. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that one size doesn't fit all with relationships and situations and and other people's uh, opinions are just their opinions, but yeah, you're going to get everyone's. So what was the reaction from your family and friends? Um, My mum surprisingly wasn't surprised. I drove her to the airport. I was like, I'm going to drive her to the airport and I'm going to tell her in the car, I'm going to drive because she's going to be a mess when I say it to her. And so I'm like driving the car. I'm like tearing up. Mum, I have to tell you something. And we're going to Brisbane. So it's like an hour drive. And I told her and she goes, I've been waiting for you to tell me this. And I'm like, pardon? And she goes, I've been waiting. She goes, I've been waiting like two, three years Mm. for you to tell me this. And I'm like, I haven't even known for two or three years. She's like, I've known. She goes, I could see it. She's like, I'm your mother. I can see it. I, I know when you're happy. I know when you're connected, you guys aren't connected. Um, and then my dad was really upset. He cried and, you know, he had this vision for me to have this life. And, you know, once he understood it, he was like all on board. He's so supportive. Um, And then I think the great thing about what we did is when we did go to friends, it wasn't, I'm thinking about it and, hey, like I need to drag you into my decision-making. You didn't invite people's opinions. Yeah, No, No, I just, I I sat down with each friend individually and said, this is what's happening. And the, I spoke to one friend um, as the decision was being made and she is a friend whose relationship I completely respect. I see so much love between them. She's successful in her career, in her the way she parents, her relationship with her partner. There's a lot of goodness there. And so when choosing the person to speak to, I was like, all right, I'm going to speak to the person who has the relationship and the life that I would be happy to have too. You know, I didn't really want to speak to people who weren't in great relationships or the friends that kind of joke about hating their partners. I was like, I'm not going to talk to those people. This is my first person. And then everyone else from there, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is our decision. So it was it was handy that way. You kind of, you gave people certainty as well because I think people don't like to not know what's going to happen and they can stress out and become so emotionally involved that 
just being able to say this is how it's happening and giving them a bit of a map of it is a nice way to do it for them too. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously, like you said, you, you'd worked on the relationship for a period of time and, and you kind of both came to that conclusion together. Yeah. I guess that's probably not always going to be the situation for a lot of people either that can weigh in that it's not an, a decision made together. It can be, you know, depending on the circumstances, mm. domestic violence or even just two people that just are no longer on the same page. But um, I guess what's yeah. really challenging is that there might be one that, you know, wants to remain and one doesn't want to remain. There's so many different ways that mm. that can play out. So I, I, you know, I guess it's, it's a no- it's not a nice story. That's not the right way to say it, but it's 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 in a way it's it's it is it yeah, is well, a nice it's comforting, story. you know. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, I like you know, people would say to me, "I'm so sorry," and I was like, "Don't be sorry." Like we're really happy and excited. Like, don't be sorry. It's it for me the way I think of it and the way I look at it is a we're so lucky that we were both the people that we were to be able to hold space for each other during that time. But I'm like. We had a beautiful marriage. We were very happily married. We were we had a successful relationship. It just ended. Mm. It just ended. Mm. We just the book ended. We closed it. We said that was wonderful. Thank you for what you did for me. Now we're starting something else. And that's you know? exciting. You know? Yeah. And it's exciting to actually be able to be excited for the other person too. And that's really difficult. So yeah. hats off to you. What would be your pointers in terms of the things that you need to consider if you're going through this? Because interestingly, like I said, I've had last year, there was piles of things going on and I found it quite interesting being the observer of the different ways it played out for different relationships. You know, um, mm. you know, like a long game. I had one friend that was interested in in trying to make sure everything legally was in order and financially and all of the things were kind of in place before she made any moves kind of, you know, to, to yeah. uncouple. Um, whereas yeah. somebody else was just like, wham, bam, that's it, I'm out of here. So, you know, yeah. from going through it in such a thoughtful way, what would you say would be the best sort of approach? Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing is you want to look at, your relationship and the the two of you as individuals from a very non-emotional place in the beginning. Um, Because while I was very fortunate that Hugh was the person that I got to do this with, um, we both communicate incredibly well. We never blame each other for things. We take complete self-responsibility around our actions and what's going on with us. Um, I know that for a lot of people, their their partner might not be the same way. Their partner might blame, shame, justify, might do all the things that make them quite frustrated. So I think before anything, you want to look at who am I and who is this person? And, you know, knowing what I know, is this a conversation I can go in and have with that person straight up? Is this a conversation where I can say I'm really not happy? Or do you need to have support? Do you need to be smart about it? Is this someone who flies off the handle? Is this someone who Mm. is very compassionate? Is it someone who's overly emotional? Do you need a mediator there before you're able to really talk about this? I think don't romanticize and say, you know, I'm going to go and have a conversation with my partner about, you know, our relationship not going well and assume it's going to go really well (laughs) Um, (laughs) because it probably won't for most people. The place where Hugh and I were so lucky is I am obsessed with communication, the way that people communicate. I'm obsessed with understanding 
how people pick up what they pick up from what someone says and does. That to me is so interesting. And he's been on this journey with me of really being immersed in that and studying it. And he's been listening to the speakers I love and learning what I'm learning. So when it came to this point of having these conversations, we could do it from a very mature place of this is how I feel and it's actually got nothing to do with you. But I have standards around how I want my life to look and I don't know if we fill each other's needs right now. So can we discuss how we can either move forward with that or what the other options might be? And it was very mature and it was also very emotional and there was a lot of tears and there were times where I was like so angry at him and I did go and play below the line and start blaming him. And you know, I said to him at one point, we worked out that we have very different love languages. So my love language is touch and words. Hug me, tell me I'm amazing. That's all I need. Okay. And then I'm good. I don't need gifts. I don't, if you've never looked into the love languages before, um, Google five love languages is life changing for me. Um, whereas his love languages are very different. His is acts of service, which means nothing to me. So once we understood what each other's were, we actually went through this period where it was like, okay, I have to just do stuff for him, you know, make the bed in the morning, clean the house, get the things that he needs, have his breakfast ready, like doing the things for him filled up his cup, whereas I needed to be touched. He does not like physical touch. And so there were times where I would be like, you haven't hugged me today. I just want you to hold my hand. I just want you to do this. And I went into blaming instead of looking at the situation and saying, you know what, I'm asking you to give me something that you actually don't want to and can't give. And if you're not willing to push yourself out of your comfort zone to make me happy, then there's something wrong here. There's something going on that is stopping our relationship from thriving. And again, it's like the, you know, you you will get emotional, but also stepping out of it for a second and saying, I understand that this is a place where I could come up with all these stories around, you know, I'm not pretty enough. He's not sexually attracted to me. um, He doesn't love me anymore. Like you can come up with all these stories or you can just figure out what's actually going on and talk to them about it. But again, you got to look at who is this person? How will they respond? How do I assume they'll respond? Do I need to get someone in to mediate this conversation and work it out from there? Because I mean, ideally you probably know your partner better than anyone else. And so if you know that they're the type of person to fly off the handle, or if you know that you're the type of person to take things really personally and be very overly sensitive, then it's probably best to get someone else in. Mm, yeah, And we right. did at, at certain points because, you know, you need to get other people in to get outside opinions, but make sure those people are professionals. You can go onto the Love Languages website and actually do the quiz and, mm. and find what your love language is, what your partner's is, what your children's are. I've never are. done that before. Yeah, you should do it. It's yeah. just, and there's a book, so there's a book, but there's, um, yeah, you can go mm. onto the website yeah, and just right. do the quiz and find it out. It would make a lot of sense, I'm sure. You read it and you're like, oh, my oh goodness, hang on a minute. Yes, that, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Me. I actually get all my team to do it and it's quite interesting because when we have like conferences or events and things like that, because I'm so touch. I'll be hugging everyone, touching everyone. There's actually girls in my team. Not at the moment. Not at the moment. I was going to say, how are you coping at the moment? I guess you got your girls to hug. I've got my girl. They're getting so much like touch and love and both of them are not touch with their love language. So (laughs) they're being tortured right now by me, but my partner understands it. So that's good. Do you have um, a cat? Cats are good for these kind of things. I have dogs. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have two dogs. But I know like there's certain people I'm like, you don't need to be touched, but I need to tell you that you're doing awesome. So it works in the workplace too. It's a really 
interesting thing to know about all the people that are close to you. Can we talk then about your work on the Gratitude Project and then how that sort of linked into what you've been through? Like, was gratitude something that you, I mean, obviously you just do all the time, I'm guessing, um, <laughs> but was it something that helped you get through what was a really difficult situation? Yeah, yeah totally. And I think um, always coming back to my own practice around that and being able to wake up in the morning and my number one was always, what am I grateful for? myself at the moment, my strength, my resilience, my resourcefulness. Um, And then I would always, my second thing would be, what am I grateful for about him right now? And it was always thinking to myself, you know, of the great times we had had of these beautiful children that we got to create. You know, I hear so many women who say, you know, I wasted 10 years with this person or I wasted my life. And they've got these gorgeous kids. And I'm like, far out. Like if you get children out of, you know, your broken, separated, uncoupled relationship. It was so not a waste. And I just, I would wake up every morning and I would say, what am I grateful for about him? And getting through it, it felt a lot easier because there were times when I wanted to strangle him. And yeah, like there were times when I wanted to blame him and do all the things and get angry and get sad. But if I woke up every day and remembered why I love him, even just as a friend, it just shifted everything so much for me. And so when I went into communicating with him, It was really from a place of I'm communicating with my best friend. I'm going to talk to this person with the respect that they deserve, not the emotional anger that I want to throw at them when they're not doing what I want them to do. I think that's so important too. And I think, I mean, now more than ever, I think working out, we're working out what we're grateful for right now, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Have you had people reach out to you in the current situation to to look at how gratitude can help them? Yeah, I think right now, like a really cool thing is so many people are doing great things online. So I've been speaking to a lot of people online and doing a lot of lives and webinars and things like this. And I think that this is that time where you either come out of it better off, you come out of it more grateful, more appreciative of the life you have, or you come out of it kind of exactly the same. And I'm like, the people who do the work while we're in this situation, they get to come out in such a better light. Whereas the people who are like, I'm just going to be a victim and, Mm. you know, not take any responsibility for where I'm at right now. They just kind of come out the same on the other side. I think we're in a really cool time where we get to grow so much and we're seeing how adaptable we are. And I think it's really really cool and beautiful. I think it's devastating what's going on for so many people. But I think for a majority of us who have a safe place to be, um, like you were saying about domestic violence, I have done quite a bit of work in this space. And I've got um, a friend who is a social worker. And she said to me, you know, it's really scary right now because the number of cases is rising so rapidly because these women are stuck at home with an abusive man. So it's actually getting quite terrifying. And yeah, I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot that's going on. And if you're not in a situation where you are in harm, then there's a lot to be grateful for. Gratitude sometimes feels like a really big thing. But like you say, when you are in the one place for a long time, you start to notice the small things. Although I was saying this to Nat before and Nat's been too busy to be able to notice the small things yet. I have actually. I yeah. have to admit it's been very, very... <laughs> I, I, I'm interested to... That's what I want to ask. What are you using this time for? Because I know for me, I'm actually using the time... 
I'm trying to scale like there's nothing else. Like what is the mm. bare minimum that I can actually get away with? Mm. And that I want that to actually be my new normal. Um, yeah. I'm interested to hear what other, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching people do one of two things. I think they're either doing that or they're scurrying to just get as much in their, their realm yeah. as possible. Um, I'm interested to hear what you've used the time for. A lot. <laughs> it's a bit of a juggle. So for me, um, because the main part of my business is obviously the Gratitude Gang and the Health Hub and we have a product that boosts immunity and we have a business that people can work from home and create income from home. Um, so for us right now, it's busy. Like no work has gone backwards. We've just had our biggest month ever. Um, we've had so many people join. And so work is actually so much busier for me right now. So right <laughs> now I'm kind of just like in... And I'm so grateful for that because so many people are in the exact opposite. But right now it's like just help as many people as I can, get as many people as I can in, do what I can. But also um, I have my two girls full time, obviously, because Hugh doesn't live in Australia anymore. Um, and then my partner has two daughters as well that we have half of the week. Um, so that's also really busy mm. because four girls um, that can't leave the house <laughs> It's a lot. You know, there's so much, you know, there's activities you want to do with them. They want to cook. Mm. You want to do craft with them. We've been making obstacle courses in the house. We're swimming every day. We need to take the dogs for a walk. We're bike riding and playing basketball out the front. Like there's a lot there. So you want to be super present for them and not be just sitting in your office, but then <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> so right now I'm just kind of surviving, but luckily, you know, my, uh, my whole business has always been run from this spare bedroom in my house. Um, so not a lot has changed for me. I'm just not going out as much. Um, but mostly for me, it's just helping people who are stuck financially to have some income coming back in because I know that so many people have just been like so many people I speak to, it's like, I've just been told that I'm not getting paid. I've still got a job, but I can't work and I'm not getting paid or I've just been fired and I've worked at this place for eight years and I don't actually know what I'm going to do. Mm. Like there's so much going on around that, that it's kind of like just help who you can do what you can as quickly and as easily as possible. I think um, I saw this wonderful meme the other day and it said, um, you know, self-isolation for single people or people without children means, oh, I can start 15 new hobbies. <laughs> and self-isolation <laughs> for parents means, Oh, I've got five minutes a day to myself. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, so exactly. true. Because like you say, it's like, I want to cook something. I'm hungry. Throw the rice bubbles at oh the kids. Goodness, I want to do craft. Can we go outside? You said you'd play tennis with me. And in the, you know, and then two hours of trying to work out your work stuff well, in between all of the requests. It's yeah. uh, it's really fun. Yeah. I've surrendered to the whole process because <laughs> at this point in time I don't actually know what else I'm supposed to do. Um, I, yeah, I actually have, uh, I'm trying to let go of the guilt around it because I'm not actually, oh, yeah, I'm no, working from the front room and they're at the back of the house. I'm grateful that they're old enough to actually look after themselves. I'm using this as an opportunity to teach them skills because they're not the kids yeah. that I make make their beds. They're not the kids that get their own food. Yeah. They're not. We've, I've always done that for them. And so I am starting to set expectations in the morning about what a routine would... We're not a routine family either. So, you know, saying to the kids, all right, get up. You're going to get your own breakfast because mummy's on a recording. You can't come in. So either that or you're going to be hungry until I come out. I want you, you get, I want you to get dressed. I want you to make your bed. Um, and I don't want, and, and also giving them some responsibility. It's been really mm. interesting in saying to, yeah. I said to Olivia the other night at the table, 
sweetie, you cannot sit on your iPad from 8am till 8pm. That's not, got, that's not what this is about. And she said, yeah. she got, she broke down. She's like, but I just want to talk to my friends. And I remember being 12 and I remember sitting on the phone all yes. day to my friends lying in the corridor because yeah. it had this big long cord that you could like go around yeah. corners. It's just a different form of that. And I had to check in with myself yeah. as well and kind of say, okay, well, I guess it is, it's exactly the same thing. You're communicating with yeah. your friends. You're just not on the telephone. And so, but also yeah. giving her some responsibility. And so she came to me the next morning and she said, okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to touch my iPad until 10.30 in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I like this. And, I, and then I said, then what? She said, I'm going to stop at lunchtime and I'm going to have a break for a couple of hours and then can I have it later on? And I said, yep, I love this. This is great. I just love the fact that yeah. she took responsibility because mm. she's not really that child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 not, not, it's not our normal, it, but it is But it's a, a time normal. for growth, right? right? And that's the interesting yeah. thing. I think most people, apart from the initial freak out, have gone, hey, hang on a minute, this is putting a line in the sand for me and letting me be grateful for what I do have in my life and Mm. to look at where we live and what's provided to us. And, you know, I had a friend come over the other day. They're building their house at the moment. They've moved into a rental property while they're doing it. And I said, how are you going? And he goes, do you know what? If in six months' time this is all still going the way it's going, I've got parents that will help me. I feel so lucky and so privileged Mm. to be who I am, where I am, that I just think it will be okay. Yeah, and and I thought. You know, it's everyone in their own situations. It, yeah, it's it's really Absolutely. tough on lots of people right now, but yeah. we have to try and there. find some positives. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to lose our tiny man. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I really do think that we will get there. Um, Ange, thank you so much for joining us. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? So mostly Instagram, gratitude underscore project or just search my name Ange Simpson without a P um and then my website just google the gratitude project keep it super simple Beautiful. and that's where you can find me love it I love that you're helping others and supporting others and just a, a positive influence in um you know in a time where it's <laughs> it, it's it, it takes some effort to times. be positive, you know. Even if you are a positive yeah. person, it's taking effort to be positive. I think, and we've got to pull ourselves back to that as much as we can. So, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, You're thank welcome. you for joining us. 